johnsyndicate.com call 1-888-201-4201 that's 1-888-201-4201 direct from the vegas strip are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the vegas wise guys the same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5 10 20 dimes a game on week in and week out Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. All right, we are back with Sports Insider Radio. Another Wednesday. It is February 9th. And uh, what can I say, guys? We're back. We're ready to roll. We're a few days away from Super Bowl. And uh, and oddly enough, this is the one-month anniversary since Brian has left us. We're doing the show without him. It is a little weird when I realized that this morning as he passed on January 9th. And it is February 9th. How time flies when you're uh, having fun. So, uh, Mike, how was the golf this morning? No golf this morning. Uh, did have a, a lesson yesterday. Played on Monday. I'm playing again tomorrow. But, you know, it's something that uh, you bring that up. It's always, you know, you never really think about it until you're in the moment. And how I remember every single week, he says, and we're going to go out east. And hear from the boys, John and Mike. And unfortunately, we'll never be able to hear that again. Um, it's just one of those, you know, hit sayings that in other shows, and, and that was in our show, that just brings me joy and memories. And, you know, will always be remembered. But, you know, it's at, at the end of the day, um, you know, this is a sports talk show, and we're able to you know, reciprocate some of those same beliefs that Brian instilled for so many years. And um, this is this is one of his favorite shows. This is this is the show where we get to talk about props. He was a huge time props better. Um, so we'll go over that in a little bit. Now Dave, you on the on the channel? Dave? Guess there's no Dave here. So He'll be with us shortly. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. Um, but just to go into it, over the past few weeks, just to give you guys a synopsis of what's going on in our lives. I mean, we trade sports every single day. The whole emphasis of what we try to instill into clients is to treat it like a business and an investment. Most people forget that, and they micromanage every single day, and they look at each game and each system to, to produce instantaneously once they're an investment. The reason that can't be true is because a sample size like Dave, when he comes on the show and he'll tell you guys week after week after week, that the sample size has to be 
months. It can't just be days. What we're doing is we're edge betting. We're just strictly looking at the board with a number, with a numerical value, and we're literally picking games when they're off by a few numbers. Nobody's emotionally attached to the teams. Nobody's chasing yesterday's losses. Nobody's elevating their wages just because we had a losing day yesterday. It's just numbers, and systematically, when we do this season after season, year after year, the numbers show themselves. And what we do is we try to go into a little bit of a education along with giving you the selections because most people in this business just give out games. They don't actually bet the games. And with Dave, you know, he's able to produce content along with him betting a large enough bankroll. So what we're trying to replicate is produce something that could be, again, replicated by the client. And, and Dave has shown us for many, many years now that what he does is able to be replicated day in and day out as long as you stick to the plan and you follow the system. And um, it, what we're going to do, and in a few coming months, we're going to be doing more of an educational piece where we're going to produce content where a client that is might not yet be a client could then follow along. But so far in the last few weeks, our predominant focus has been on college basketball and NBA. Last night, um, predominantly with the plays that were selected, we saw that the line move was obviously off on the Marquette game, which was a loser. But obviously, and they lost by a point, um, the big play yesterday was also North Carolina, which happened to be a winner. Um, they were a small favorite on the road against Clemson. And we also had Virginia Commonwealth, which was an easy winner. Um, they were up basically wire to wire covering that game. And then the other game that was a loser, so I went 2-2 two and two on the night, was Illinois, which hung with Purdue for a long time, but due to um, – getting into foul trouble in the second half of some of the key players on Illinois, uh, Purdue pulled away. Did the boys, are they back on the show yet? Uh, I'm here. I'm back on the show. We're trying to locate Dave somewhere in the caverns. And uh, what, can you hear me, Mike? I, I It's a horrible connection. So I'm going to hang up. I think me? there's a tech issue on the RN with the radio. You keep talking. I'm going to hang up and call him back. Okay, can you hear me? Nope. Is, is Dave here? Yeah, can you hear me? No, not can I you can hear, hear you a little bit as well. I hear you perfectly. I'm not really sure what's going on with the connection. I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties on the show today, Dave, but uh, I don't know how long you've been hearing my rant, as I always do, to start off the show. What would you uh, what would you say to the listener? Because I know we have a lot of new clients to listen to the show week in and week out that are not quite yet committed to the membership. What would you give them as like those first couple key pointers when they enroll and they become a monthly subscriber? That's the exact same price that we tell you. Now, hopefully, you heard that. Let's double check that you can hear me. 
Yeah, I just talked to the tech guy in the back. He said he, we sound perfect. It's us amongst ourselves that sound bad, but just keep rocking and rolling. Everybody can hear us beautifully. So go ahead. What were you saying, Dave? Basically, the same price or pass. The same price that we release or pass. For example, if we say minus four, don't bet minus four and a half. Bet minus four or minus three and a half. And all plays are at minus 110 unless said otherwise. That would be the number one tip. And, yeah, bankroll management, 1% to 2% per play. That's also important as well. I'd say those are the two main main things that I would say. You're welcome to add something to that if you want. Well, I think the, what I will add is that I think the average player, when they call up here, they don't really grab that 1% to 2%. So let's talk about that for all the people that need to actually have it broken down. That means if you have an account with $10,000 in it, you, and you call up and you get Mike or me on the phone. And we say, what do you normally play a game? And you say three to $500 a game. That's not 1% to 2%. 1% would be $100 if you have $10,000. And I think what I, I said this in yesterday's video that I did on my YouTube channel, Dave, the problem is with the advent of the, off, the legal sports wagering, like the places you have in Colorado, as well as the 26 other states around the country, it's just so many people are coming in with lottery mentalities because they go on Twitter and they see all mm-hmm. the parlays and the teasers. And, you know, the average guy that calls here wants to tell me that they have either they have 15000 in their account because they stuck $500 in it and got lucky, but they don't actually have any money other than the money in their account. It's like their life savings. Or they're people that basically... Stick 200 in, see what happens, lose, stick 200. Like, and and I, I go back to the stock market. Nobody would trade the financial market with $200 in their account. You know how many, if you, I had a dollar, and Mike can elaborate because he talks to way more people than I do in a day. If I had a dollar for every guy that told my secretary, oh, yeah, I, move, I play a nickel a game, and then Mike gets on the phone, uh, you told my secretary you play a nickel a game. How much do you have in your FanDuel account? A nickel. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you see this mentality when you're walking through the casinos of just people over-leveraging their accounts, not understanding they have to bet such a small amount of money to be successful that when you have a losing streak, it's not really a losing streak because you're only betting 1%. You know, again, I don't think most players that are not professionals would have $10,000 in account and would be playing $100 a game. Right. Yeah. Well, and then with 100 a game, you're not going to make much with a 1% or 2% edge, but you'll at least practice good habits, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah. I feel we talk about this at least once a month, but it's important to keep going over it. Well, I mean, let me ask you something. If a stranger came to you, I've never asked you this off the air or on the air. If a stranger that didn't know anything about sports wagering whatsoever – they were just a stock trader in the financial market, and they were really into day trading stocks or crypto or whatever. And they said, I want to learn how to do what you do. How much would you recommend putting in an account? What would be your sweet, realistic number if the person had resources? You know, somebody that already has money, 
They already have millions of dollars in the stock market. We're not talking about a 22-year-old kid or, you know, that just opened up his first account and is trying to treat it like horse racing with 50-team parlays. What would you say seed money for your betting business to learn would be at betting 1% a game? To have a shot of being able to do it and learn. Well, to learn, tricky question. To learn, you could put any amount of money if you think about it. But if someone put like $50 in an account and bet a dollar a game, could they really get into it and, and, and take it serious? You know, it's a tricky question. But, yeah, a couple thousand. And yeah, especially nowadays said- with all the opportunities. What was that? No, but a couple thousand. Let's say, uh, what I'm saying is that's still nothing because, again, the person wouldn't even be able to uh, – a couple thousand would be he's betting $20 a game if he's betting 1%. Yeah, I mean, well, plus it depends where you live. You could have the whole 2,000 pending off of 1% in like an hour if you have enough good volume opportunity. It's right. just a really exactly. tricky question. Yeah, I mean – well, no, but you had to start with a bankroll. Everybody started with something. I don't. We don't need to get into what you started with, but everybody started with something. You have to start from something. So, for instance, there should. Be, I would say that it would be nice to hear from you. It's. I don't really think it's that tricky. I think there's a. There's got to be a sweet spot number where if money isn't an issue, and there's no stress, and somebody just comes to you and says, "I have plenty of money. I'm 65 years old. I'm retired." I have millions of dollars in the bank. What should I fund my accounts with to start so I can learn how to professionally I would your go sports? enjoy your life? No, no, I would say I, I just want me to make up a number. I don't know, 10. Well, no, 50, I mean, there's got to be a realistic bit. There's, look, you know, everything in life, there's a cost to entry. If you want to buy a Ferrari, there's a cost to entry. If you want to buy a Mercedes, there's a cost to entry. If you want to buy a Rolex, there's a cost to entry. There should be fundamentally for these listeners that want to have an idea as opposed to the dream that they're going to stick $500 in their account and they're going to turn it into 100000 There has to be... And so I don't really think it's tricky. I'm kind of like I'm going to, like, push you on this and say no. I mean, this is no different than trading the stock market. You don't open up. A, it, look, in the, in, the, in, the, in the world of stock trading, as everybody knows, you can only be allowed to trade stocks with a minimum deposit of $25,000 in a trading account to get four-to-one margin. That is the government's rules. They're basically saying, if you don't put $25,000 in your account, we know you're going to fail. We know you can't succeed. We know you don't have a shot because you can't handle the ups and downs. If you want to get four-to-one margin, you must have twenty-five. You must maintain a $25,000 balance in your account. That is from the federal government. Now, the flip side of that is any Tom, Dick, and Harry can open up a sports betting account with 50 bucks. So I'm going back to, since we don't have these, look, in a perfect world for me as an advisor, trying to get people to learn how to trade sports, I would love that. I would rather have five guys a month join my service that have the $25,000 quota than these. And, again, I don't mean to, to be disrespectful to the people listening, Then, but you know what? you got to call a spade what it is. Then these degenerate guys that stick $300 in their account and they think, 
that they're going to follow any system, any program, and they're going to consistently make money with no money. And it takes money to make money. If you're trying to make $70,000 on a Saturday, which is giving you a 7% expected edge, they miss the point that you're risking a million dollars to make 70000 and let me let me chime in on this real quick also, David John. Sorry, I'm back here with a little bit of a phone technical issue. You're good. So so what we're basically seeing is there's there, there's two parts to this statement for me. The first part is the client that calls our office, Dave, that wants to join your system that started out with that four hundred, hit five or six eight teamers, got very lucky, now has a sizable amount in their bankroll, but doesn't want to treat it like a business and have money as an invested opportunity to utilize that money and move forward because, again, they got lucky in the beginning. It's like they hit the lottery, and now they want to think that they could use that money, and it's, it was very easy. It's like going to the casino and, and hitting that number on the roulette wheel the first time they ever make a play, and they think it's that easy to hit it over and over again. So we have that client, client A. So it's hard to teach them basic economic principles of, hey, this is a business. For you to be able to run the business properly, there's an enrollment fee. Like John said, the cost to entry. The cost to entry is not just because we're giving you the selections like a old-school handicapping you know, division. This is management of your bankroll. This is getting in your games at the early line, what you want them to play it as, what you teach people day in and day out with your Instagram lives. And, and there's a cost to entry. And they don't, they don't understand that there is sort of such a thing because they got so lucky in the beginning and they hit that, you know, that eight-teamer twice, and now they have that liquidity in their account because they didn't actually put up the 10000 to start so they, they don't value that money nearly as much as the guy that literally sticks in 10000 from the beginning and doesn't want to lose it. That's client A. Client B is what John basically was talking about, which is has 2000 in their account, wants to start betting, but can't and will not bet less than 200 a game because that's what they feel comfortable with betting. They don't understand that they should be betting 1% to 3% risk per play over a large sample size, seeing a financial return like they do in other outlets like trading stocks or crypto. It's they want to bet way too much of their account and they're willing to take that risk every other week when they're reloading a few thousand at a time instead of treating it like a business. So I just want you to kind of realize that there's client A, client B, and there's probably client C and D out there that are just not susceptible to learning how to do this professionally, basically mimicking a guy like you and not having to do all the work like you put in every day. Because what we saw in that YouTube video with Spencer, Dave, is you do a lot of work. And I knew it, and John knows it, but it's like that client from you know Maine or that client from New York that it's now legal and that wants to get in the business of being able to basically – mimic your trades it's they don't realize how much work really goes into it they just see a product they buy it and they think it's just going to be very easy so 
you know, that's just kind of where we're at with trying to and, – and let me – I don't want to sound like it's all negative. We have a lot of guys that are very positive that understand exactly what you're doing, understand the work, understand there's a, you know, an, a real fee that should be paid for the amount of work that you do and have been doing great following it long term. So, you know, it's, it's not all negative. I don't want to sound like that every week where we're just trying to basically say, look, every client that calls our office is, is not receptive. The guys that are and understand they're not the ones that complain when we have a losing day. That client understands that there's going to be volatility with anything that is a tradable asset, and they just they follow suit. So that's all I got. I'm, I wonder if you have any feedback on that, Dave. Yeah, that sounded good. Because, um, yeah, if you put 2000 in the account, but you have like 25 or something, and that's your total bankroll, it's a little different. <clears throat> you kind of have more money. Not a, Yeah, on the sidelines. So I guess you could bet a little bit more. I don't know. What do you tell? What do you guys tell somebody in that situation to bet a game where they have a lot of extra cash, but just in the one account they have two thousand? Well, if they only have two two thousand or twenty five hundred in their account, we try to only give them the largest liens. To obviously, because they can't they can't overvalue. They if they don't feel comfortable ever playing one to three percent which is too minimal for them to actually even put in a wager, then we, we have a type of product where for you where we specifically tell them, look, you know, if we're your largest liens, those double barrel, triple barrel that we talk about that we've done in the past in college football that we get a lot of when numerous of your groups are on the actual selections, you know, that's where we kind of stray away from the overall volume for that type of client but only those largest liens that you like. So, you know, there's there's different ways to skin a cat in this business. Um, you know, it just is it, a lot of different opportunities that you could still be profitable, and it, not all of them are the same route. Even though all the routes lead to, you know, to a lot of profit, not all of them are the same exact route. So that's what we do with clients that are kind of underfunded, um, in a sense, and, and try to, you know, overcome the volatility by giving them less games. That you know, sense. what I would say, Dave, is I am, I don't want to use the word fed up, but a little bit of fed up of these, 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 the lottery type mentality. You know, let's go back to Brian Blessing for a minute. Use him as a perfect example. Love the man. Wish he was obviously still here. Can't believe it's been a month to the day since he passed. But I'll tell you one, he always knew the realities of his wagering habits when he knew that he was over leveraged. When he would, for instance, he was a horse better. And he'd say to me, John, I'm going to lose 90% of my races. And I'm totally cool with it because I'm betting such a small percentage of my bankroll when I hit the one race. When I hit the one exacta, when I hit the one trifecta, when I hit the one daily double, it more than makes up for the nine that I lost. I'm not freaking out when I lose nine in a row. I'm not freaking out. He always knew the realities that it was about large volume of horse races, losing 90% of them, 
And because you're playing with these underdog odds and horse races, making a score greater than. Sports wagering is not horse racing. Sports wagering is you're trying to hit singles, not home runs. He could hit one grand slam, make an absolute score, because I would go with I would bet his horses. He would literally give me 15 losers in a row. I bet 100, I bet 100, I bet 100. I never cried him down 1,500. And then he'd give me play this daily double or this trifecta. And I put up 100, and I win back 1,700. And now I'm, like, down 15, I won 17, I'm 1 in 15, I'm up 200. We all get that in horses. With sports wagering, you're trying to hit, like you said, a, you did that video that you, on your YouTube channel that you just launched for everybody. Dave just launched a YouTube channel. He gives that short little burst of information. Very informative, very well done. Love how you're doing them, Dave. And you, like you said, 1,000-game sample size, 51.2% break-even, or 52.1%, and then, you know, you're looking for 53, 54, 55, 56% long-term. If you win 530 games out of 1,000, you're killing it. And I think the problem is, like I said, no matter how many years we've said it, is that I'm really singing. I'm not talking about old-school gamblers. The old-school gamblers, like my man Don in Texas who's listening right now, he gets it. He's an old. He's been. A, he's been a client of mine for a decade. All these. All the large guys that have credit outs. They all get it. What. What I'm finding is the disconnect with the legal only betters, the ones that literally just fund an account, and you tell them to take advantage of their deposit bonus. They put in two hundred dollars, and now they have three hundred dollars and they think they're going to build a business. And what I would say is, if you're listening to this and you're trying to build it, use this as a business, what business do you know that you can start with $300? What business do you know that you can even start with $2,500? And this is like endemic of why I think that the sports books have a, 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 a great way to fleece the general public because – the general, you know, you know how many times, Dave, you ask a player, well, where do you stand right now? The guy goes, I don't know. He doesn't even know. He doesn't want to know. All he cares about is what he did last night. He wants to talk about uh, what was the game, uh, Mike, on Twitter, the guy stopped before the bucket and everybody flipped out on gambling Twitter last the night. K- the Kentucky game, Oscar, I'm going to butcher his last name, Tisbele, uh was a center. They didn't foul. They were so – NC State um, – sorry, uh, South Carolina came down. They got a quick two. Obviously, they were they were down 12. They got a quick two to put it within 10. The spread was 10.5, Kentucky minus 10.5. So now it's within 10. They don't foul on the inbound. They throw the ball up the court. Oscar could easily dunk the ball. There's three and a half seconds left. He pauses. He waits. The clock goes to zero, and then he dunks it. <laughs> so – it, it was like, you know, obviously he could have just dribbled it out. He didn't have to dunk it. Some guys don't care. It's all about stats. They do want to dunk it. But obviously being dead on the number um, within a half a point, and he could have easily got the dunk. It was just, you know, there's a lot of people on Twitter going crazy, making up, you know, all these uh, theories behind it. But in reality, it's just we're dealing with humans. And you can't predict, just like we've seen in the NFL, when guys – 
Um, you know, they easily could go in for the touchdown late in the game and they fall to end the game and that could easily get, uh, be a touchdown to cover. And we've seen that on numerous occasions. And it sometimes goes the other way when a guy is trying to not go in and he gets pushed in. So, you know, you're dealing with humans, you're dealing with, you know, volatility and unpredictability. And, and when that happens, that's the result. Some people are going to win. Some people are going to lose. Right. No, you summed it all up. <clears throat> well, yeah, Dave, you know, my, po- like that. my my point to, to you, Dave, is, is is that going back to this whole concept of betting 1%, you know, when you say betting 1% and you're betting, let's say, 1000 a game on a $100,000 bankroll, yeah, that's that's considerable scratch. But I mean, even though you're in the professional betting realm, you realize that the average dime player is three losses away from blowing his account at. Like the average guy that bets a dime a game that calls here either has a five dime weekly credit limit with his post up guy, or he's got five dimes in his account. What do you say to that guy who doesn't understand why he's he can never get ahead? That's the real reality. When you're walking through the casino in Colorado or in Vegas and a guy's walking up to the window and he's betting a dime on a game, he probably only has three dimes in his pocket left if he loses that game. The guy on vacation? Right. Well, yeah, and then if you're on vacation, you're just kind of doing it more for fun. Um, Yeah, I mean... These are tricky questions. I, I thought you guys rarely stump me, and these questions are getting me. Well, I mean, again, like, like I said, you know, the business of betting, like what I tell people is they watch this video that you did with Spencer. And, you know, while it's true and it's luxurious and people are like, man, I wish I could be Dave and just not go to the work and sit there all day and calling out games, and we understand that it, we know that it's not luxury. We know what you do is work, right? My, my, they all miss the point of the money management. They all just call up and they say, I want to do what Dave's doing in the video. Okay, well, do you have 100000 Oh, no, I have 1800 in my FanDuel account. Do you have multiple shops? No, I just have 1800 in my fan. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is what we're dealing yeah. with on a daily basis, and it's and, and, and what happens is that a lot of the time spent on the phone is not trying to sell the guy access to what you're doing. It's to explain to him that he simply just doesn't have enough money. It, it, to me, I liken it to going to a car dealership to wanting to buy a Ferrari, and you're only going to get a loan that's going to approve you for $26,000, and the Ferrari's 400000 well, also, also in my video, I'm targeting market inefficiencies through multiple companies. I think anyone can just—I think anyone can just have one account, put X amount of dollars, and and try that themselves, um, just in one company for a small amount. Like if you gave me a thousand bucks, I could turn it into a ton of money over a certain amount of time, but. Um, so, so that video is kind of, kind of a little bit different. Uh, but for pregame betting, yeah, you need to be. You, this is hard. You need to be really solid, and and practice good habits. Even if you're betting a dollar a game or a thousand a game, that's that's what I would say. Well, and, and the thing go, is, well, it's not much money. Who cares? That's 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 a bad, that's the wrong way to think. What was that? And the thing is, when, when we're, we're not 
when you say I'm being stumped with these questions, imagine us asking the client the same questions and they can't answer them. So it's the truth is it's there's a it's not the work what they see in the video when they saw that YouTube video. The work was they thought, okay, well, if Dave could do it and I pay him, it's just easy for me to follow it. What they're missing is are we properly funded? Do we have multiple outlets to get a better line? Are we going to practice the correct money management day in and day out? Am I not going to play any of my own games every day? It's like there's a checklist that they have to go down that have to be filled. Those boxes have to be checked off if they want to successfully follow this model and be successful. And unfortunately, there's a lot of guys that want to only check off one of those boxes. They want to check off half of those boxes. They don't truly want to be 100% committed, and unfortunately, it's not that easy. Listen, if, there was, if, if it was that easy, there would be um, 100 million David Millers running the streets and being successful. It's, you're in that 1%, and to be in that 1% takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of discipline, and, you know, we always talk about the good. Well, there's bad. We're, we're not consistently every single day of our lives claiming to be winners. Of course not, because we understand there's a bell curve that comes to trading any asset, whether it's you're a day trader with stocks, whether you're a crypto day trader, you're going to take L's, you're going to take losses, and you just move on to the next day. And it's just it's a non-emotional, no attachment to any of the teams we're not fans of the game. You know, it's, it's the complete opposite mentality. And, you know, I, I think it's the more we preach this stuff and the more we talk about it, it's eventually going to click for a lot more people. Because a lot of people do listen to the show that have not become subscribers yet. Or they miss it because they're working during the day and then we send them the recording later on. You know, they really now understand what we're trying to reciprocate day in and day out. And it's, it's not just you getting a name of a team and thinking, all right, well, you know, I'm down 25% of my account yesterday because I was, you know, I got a little aggressive and I decided to play the second halves of every single game, just to chase. And I ended up losing more. And now I have to make back the entire 25% of my bankroll on today's slate because they're hyper-focused of the now instead of looking at it from right. an overall perspective, like mistakes happen and let's just move forward, you know? I mean, I just, yeah, I can't imagine just sitting there having to coach people just all day long on what percent to bet and hearing the same Well, you don't have to. Over. That's what you have yeah, us that's for. that's why I'd say, well, <laughs> I'd have frequently asked questions or something. I don't know what I would do, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, you don't right. have the time, and that's that's the other thing, Dave. I have guys that literally, whether they message you on Instagram or where they message you on Twitter, and they like they call the office. They go, "I only want to talk to Dave," right? And I, I, I explain to them, like, "Listen, like Dave doesn't have time to talk to you. He's look what he's doing every day. If he had time to talk to every single client, he wouldn't have any time tracking." You know, tracking the boards and tracking the screens every day. I saw your uh, Instagram post yesterday. How upset you were that Don Best was no longer, uh, you know, no longer running the Pinnacle line. 
I mean, that's a big deal. For you, that's a oh. big deal. To yeah, a guy like me really or to a guy, tough. you know, in New Jersey, doesn't care. But to a guy like you, it's, it's like a big deal, right? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate well, that. I, it, it is. I wanted to ask you. I didn't. Want, I wanted to ask you on the air. So, so is there going to be another way to get that line, or is there a reason there's too many sharps, or they just couldn't get? I guess they. I guess Don Best pays them to get access to that feed. And it's just like everything having just, licensing. Yeah, right? Everything you just said. I'm, everything you just said. I'm thinking about. I, I, I had the same thoughts. It's like, why, well, why are they doing, doing it for that? free? Right. I, I I don't understand why they're doing it. And then I wonder how else I'm going to get the, exactly what you're just saying. What you're saying, I'm thinking because even about, if you have access to an account, you log in. That doesn't help you, right? No. Well, well it, it does. does. It's just a slower way to do it. It's less efficient. Got it. And then you, you got to have more eyes. This is hard. This is hard enough to win. So now it's like it, to do that. It, it just it it, it, it really it hurts. I'm not going to lie; it hurts for everything I'm doing here. But I'm going to have to adjust. I have no, op- I have no other option, you know, than to figure that out. So, yeah, this is the thing. Well, I'm now what I want to ask you, I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this question: They haven't been in the United States for years to the to the uh, recreational players. What what makes since it's you know, we all got the same alert on the screen last night. Why not? Circa's line versus their line. Well, what makes them so special? Well, because they adjust it by the penny. That's they have the highest stakes. That that's a good question. They don't they don't back winners out, and then they adjust it by the penny. So they'll go to minus oh eight, minus one eleven, so you can see which way the market's going based on how they adjust it by the penny. If that makes sense. Make Got sense. it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, so when you see everyone has a four and then they have minus four, minus one fourteen, you know, okay, it's basically going to, it's basically four and a half. Lay the four right now. But right. with like Chris and all with Chris and all them, you they don't do it by the penny like that really. They I mean sometimes they'll have it moved by the penny, but they don't but it's different. So that's why that's why it makes it so just to be clear to just to be clear to all the listeners, most of the other houses move it by the nickel. They don't move it by the penny. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Got it. Okay. And 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 it and I know for a fact. Like, let's say you're betting an NBA game around post. Um, every five thousand you bet at Pinnacle moves it only one cent. If you're a sharp better, so if you see them move it like eight cents, you're, you're like, wow. Somebody, somebody sharp just went forty this way. It's just nice to see it on the screen. You don't have to go to the site. Sure, you can really get read market indicators all over the place for anything. Second halves, you, you see all the market indicators just right there on the screen. Or, or a game you're not even looking at, you see the screen light up there, and then now you're paying attention to it. And it's just it's really efficient to have it on the screen. So, David, aside from all of this that you're uh, dealing with every day, are you at all going to do any props? Because we have we have the last 15 minutes of the show. I figure we could get dig into a little bit of the props for the weekend for some of the listeners. Do you do any Super Bowl props or no? I mean, maybe the basic ones. Just you know, the, the basic. What ones. color the Gatorade's going to be? <laughs> no, like kind of like 
um, all the no's and the unders at post. Those are good. So ones. you're just more like you know nothing too of a long shot, but more like yes or no type thing over under. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so yeah. I you have, guys um, know me. I'm. I'm. Uh, props. Basically, props are are they're good for the Super Bowl. I get that, but. I, especially here, I try to stay away from betting the props on my accounts because you get you know you get limited real quick. And I, I one day I bet my friend's props, and all of a sudden, like my account got limited. It's like, geez, really? Just from one day of betting. So for me, it just doesn't make sense to do it, even if it does have good value. So in honor of Brian, I'm going to give the listeners my top four props just so they could actually, any of the listeners, again, when I when I go over these props, you wager them at your own risk. I never tell a client to risk more than 10% of a standard wager on the high, you know, on the big long shots, but it could be a standard wager on the first two. So the first one I like is Jamar Chase to go over 78 receiving yards. I think it's really good value right now at FanDuel. You can grab that. At 78. Brian a lot would of not be happy. You just said value, but go ahead. A lot of other places are over 82 yards. So at FanDuel, if you have a FanDuel account, you're getting really good value at 78. It's laying 110. Yeah. That's that's good. So th- that's a, that's basically the nuts right there. That's, that's just an off-the-top market edge. I think four yards, seven, I think four and a half yards uh, for minus 110 is, is just a straight market edge, even with no opinion. But keep going. I just had to throw that in. That's that's the first one. And then the second one, I like Cincy to score over two and a half touchdowns. That's minus 105. So obviously the value and the, they're saying that they're going to go under because if you were to go under that total, it's minus 135. So I do like mm-hmm. Cincy go. I think it's going to be a shootout to go over two and a half touchdowns. So those are the two standard bets. Obviously, if you want to put your regular wagers on those. And then my two long shots, I like Tyler Higby to score the first touchdown. He's plus 1,600. Obviously, these are the wagers that I want you to go a tenth or you know maybe 20% of your standard wager. And then the other one, I do like Jamar Chase to get the first score of the touchdown. He's plus 900. So you could spread that out between the both of them. And then the last one, which is a very unique, it's a crossover wager. It's who will have more. It is the Olympic gold medals for the U.S. team, or will Cooper <laughs> Cup have more receptions? Oh, wow. And I, yeah, I like in this Olympics because the Olympics, especially in the winter, the U.S. does not do nearly as well as they do in the summer. I'll take Cooper Cup receptions with more. They will have more receptions than the U.S. will have gold medals. Okay, one thing about all those picks, I gotta, I gotta say something. I think on this show every pick should be released, just how your first pick was. The market is this. I think you can get this. Vandal has this. I think you should talk about the market and then some of the prices on the apps or 
at the main spot. No, I think it's uh, – I, I agree with you. I mean, it makes sense, especially that now we have a lot of people that are market-watching because of the education yes. that we provide to them. So going along with You'll the You'll educate the forward, people a lot more. Absolutely, yes. Because if you if you always talk about, okay, the market's doing this, this is a lean, but because we're able to get this across the apps and the offshores have this, we'll turn it into an official play because of the value we're getting on the price. You Stuff like that, this is how you educate people. Because when I first learned, that's the only way the guy talked to me. Well, the, the Matt, that's the only way he talked to me. He never talked about, like, Everything was just market-based and anything he said. And that's how I, I think that's how people will learn. And then they'll, they'll take it more serious if they are thinking in terms of the market always, you know? Got it. I'm, I'm all too. So yeah. now, as, as the tradition goes, we always want to give out our Super Bowl picks. Just How about this? Just money line. Just spread heads up. I want John to go first and then Dave after. Who do you like in the Super Bowl? Oh, John, you, me first or him? Either one. No, I want Dave to I, go first because I'm a square guy. I do. He, he wants because he wants. I, to, are you going to take the opposite of what Dave said? Is that why you want to go first? All right, Rams money line. Probably. Go ahead, Max. I'm square. Rams money line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm square too. Rams money line. Yeah, me too. Ram. What? I, I look, are you I joking? The trifecta. It's. I'm on the Rams the money is, line as well. The market is dealing minus. 200 and the day of the game whenever you want the favorite money line in the super bowl you want to wait till the day of the game so it's the reverse of how you usually do it and this is because most people are either laying the points with the favorite and and i don't know why but this is just the way it is most people lay the points with the favorite or they take the dog on the money line because this is when we get a lot of recreational betters and they don't they don't really understand the spread as much. They're just like, oh, I, I want to bet them to win. So, so they'll they'll back, you know, a team like the Bengals, a Cinderella story, just to win. And they'll they'll bet the money line. They don't want to bet the points. So I could see that going down. Maybe places will have one eighty-five a day of the game. I'll, I'll make so that for prediction. all the listeners out there. We've done the trifecta on the Rams money line. I will be seeing the Rams money line. <laughs> On Sunday. Wait, 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 wait. Birthday. Let's let's speak for let's speak for Brian. Who do we think Brian would have been on? Rams money line. Rams. No. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about I that. Know. I think he you might know what? I don't want to speak thing. for. I don't want to speak for Brian. We're going to leave that one open. But you know, all we could do is. Uh, Wait till Sunday to wager for the. And it's you know what I've never so, actually. So inquiring minds want to know, Dave. Dave, inquiring minds. I know you. I know you got Randy over there, and you got your cousin over there. And but do you go to a Super Bowl party? Or do you just stay in the house, watch it on the big screen. What do you, what's your plans? You know, usually, usually I I bet the game, and I'm. It's just I I don't miss it the betting stuff, but. I've I've worked so hard. I'm I'm probably gonna enjoy my life during that game. Which the old me would go, what? It's a great opportunity to make money, but I'm trying to enjoy life more. But if there was like seven basketball games too during the game, I I would I would I wouldn't do that. But it's a standalone. It's just a, it's its own game, and I don't know. I kind of 
people are like, oh, let's let's bar hop. Okay, so I think I'm gonna enjoy the game and, and bar hop. Go to a party, maybe. Have you ever uh, have you ever been to the game, Dave? Been to any Super Bowls? No, no, because I always want to bet. That's a goal I have too to go to a Super Bowl. Um. So what is is what yeah, is your even, team now? Is it still the Seahawks or is it the even Broncos when it now? was even when it was in my backyard? Even when I had the per, the home run opportunity to go to a game, uh, when I was in New York, and the Seahawks played in New York, I just flew home a couple of days before the bet. True story. I just was obsessed, but I'm, I'm trying to just tone it down a little bit, enjoy life more, but not enjoy life. For all too you much. guys, I've been working on hockey. 2-0 on hockey totals. Once Brian, uh, he was such a hockey guy, I'm going to continue the legacy. If you guys want to find out about hockey, you can always call the office. I've been working with some very large groups. It's not my sport. Don't know anything about it. I'm not Brian. Brian's Brian. But there is money to be made in hockey. And uh, the guys that I've been dealing with, they gave me two winners last night. One loser, but two winners on the totals. Over, over. I'll tell you what, it's, it's a wild sport once you get into watching it. I know you personally, Dave. You're not. It's not part of your daily betting regime, is it? The hockey. No, no. But I get it. I understand that it's no, no. But I love it. I love that you're giving it a shot and following guys that you respect. It sounds good. Yeah, exactly. Let now, let's, even though we got move. about five minutes left, I, I want to talk about this. This this uh, March 31st is opening day of baseball. Do you guys anticipate there are going to be any shenanigans? Do you think they're going to get this uh, taken care of ahead of time? March what? 31st is opening day. Uh, no. Right now, they're, they're, right, now they're locked out. right now they're locked out. There's no baseball season right now. What are the odds that, that they stay locked? Is there an odd somewhere? Now you can research that. That's good to know. That would be fun prop to bet. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's all that matters. <laughs> that's the true price of or the, the odds of it. Yeah, that's kind of scary. I don't know what I would do if that. I'd probably go back to Vegas, I guess, for the summer. Yeah, they said that uh, the pitchers and the catchers and the players are supposed to report to training camp like in the next week, and they're all holding out right now because they're still having negotiations. Wow. I hope they resolve that. I mean, it's a huge sweat for me. Colorado Rockies at home, number one team in baseball last year. At home, Colorado Rockies. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll admit, I had a lot of fun every time I went to those games. A lot of fun. Well, you were, you yeah. were, you were betting them. Listen, you, not every place is like Baltimore. We have the worst team in baseball with the most loyal fans that go regardless. But as we know, as betters, we can make you – know, again, you get – We'll get into baseball closer to the season when they finally have it, but uh, you know that's a whole other thing. You know, you know me. The bad teams make money; the good teams don't. But you know, like I said, it's uh, not the last. It's 10 days. Super Bowl twenty twenty two, and uh, like I said, nobody. Do you know anybody that made a futures bet on Cincinnati being in the Super Bowl, Dave? With all no. the groups that you deal nope. with, nope, not one single person. Usually every year you know somebody that's involved with one of the games at the end that made a futures bet. This is like a rare season where now. That, that came out of nowhere. I mean, the Bengals were on nobody's radar. 
just a stacked division too. The remember the Browns, the Browns, Ravens. No, I don't know anybody. Plus, plus the people I know, they would have probably just bet to win the division. Because right. I know that paid like twenty five to one, and then to win it all paid like sixty to one. It's like, what's well, you, the better you know, there? In my opinion, the people that were that were betting the Bengals to make the Super Bowl are obviously loyal Ohio yeah. residents. Yes. Not professional money. Have, have been around and and just doing it every year by default. Yeah. No matter that. You're right. And obviously there was some outlook this year with who they drafted and you know, a, a resurgence of the team. But, you know, Joe Burrow was hurt last year. He had a good rookie campaign after he got hurt. They still only won four games. You know, yeah, they had a lot of pieces around him that they added in the offseason. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't think anybody, like you said, Dave, Nobody to win the division, coming. yes, but not not to make the Super Bowl even win. No, the not Bowl, even to win the division, man. Right. <laughs> like nobody right. I know. <laughs> so, you know, but... You know, there's people out there that are very happy right now that have been probably hedging their way once they got here. I know we have Dollar Mike still. We talked about it last week. That is now. I don't hedge. Uh, yeah, I know you don't. But, you know, some people out there are, are comfortable taking the free money knowing oh, that geez. either way can be a day. But... <laughs> Sorry, man. I only had two minutes left on the show, Dave. Two minutes. I had to, I had to, to get it in there. You had to dig a little bit. <laughs> Oh man, he had to, he had to dig a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so, but in, but everybody enjoy the game for sure. Um, I'm going to be at a party, enjoying myself with some family and friends. So I'm, I always look forward to it. I'm a big block Super Bowl block guy that I have five different sheets in front of me from the various blocks that I get tortured not to make sure that I'm always in every year. But I keep telling them I have enough blocks already, and they keep making me buy more. But I'll be uh, hopefully I'll be a winner in that sense, along with my props and the Rams money line. So uh, all of you, both of you, I hope you have a, a good Super Bowl as well. Mm-hmm. Great, appreciate you. All right, guys, well enjoy the Super Bowl for all the listeners out there. Treat it like a business. Pick up the phone and make the call. Please have more than two hundred in your account. We'll be back next Wednesday talking about the Super Bowl results on February sixteenth. Talk to you guys next Wednesday. Have a good one.